Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Advanced Real Estate Talk. This is Aurelien. I'm here with Glenn, glennsutherland.com and Darcy, darcywatt.ca. Uh, Glenn has, course, has a course and a mastermind. Um, I'm starting a, an in-person event in London and uh, that will lead to a mastermind. We're going to pick members to become a part of a mastermind and we'll look at real estate, but not only real estate, also um, on, uh, businesses to purchase. So um, uh, a mix of entrepreneurship and, and real estate. And uh, Darcy um, puts his thoughts together in sort of blog. You can find the blog at uh, darcywhite.cm. So thank you everybody for tuning in. And today we will be discussing real estate to retire. So I am happy to start. Um, there are other ways to retire, to fund your retirement, if that's what we are talking about. Um, so what is special about real estate? So I, I'd like to note first that real estate, if it's your own real estate, even if you use a property management company, is not going to be 100% passive. Um, and there's going to be some headaches associated with it. Um, for myself, I'm, I didn't contribute much to a, I didn't, I wasn't employed for super long, so I didn't contribute much to a, a retirement plan. So, and I, I don't have much on my RSP. Uh, so my plan is to uh, hold on to the properties I own and have them paid off when uh, when I when I retire and leave off of them and I'm ready to, uh, to do the work that's required, what's required. And I think, uh, I think I'll pivot my portfolio from residential to more commercial, downtown commercial in big um, dense uh, community centers where uh, there is property management, where it can be more hands-off and it's commercial leases or long-term leases where you don't have to, uh, you know, the landlord has less responsibilities if it's a triple net, for example. So I, I plan to shift my, my portfolio. Um, but the beauty of, of real estate, if you buy, let's say in your 30s or 40s, is that basically the tenants pay down your mortgage um, while you are still at work if you find your job purposeful and and, it, and you you're fulfilled at your job um, and and there are benefits to it because rents typically increase over time and so does the value of the of the asset yeah um, uh, you know for reference for those that are new listeners uh, people that have been with us for a while know that I'm substantially older than Glenn and Ori. Well, most uh, people can't see us, right? <laughs> well, they can see us so nice. No, no, so no they can usually tell. can't. They usually can't. They're just usually listening to us. Yeah. yeah. So long-time listeners know that I'm I'm 60, and Glenn and Ori are just barely 40. So we're in different spots, but this is relevant. Uh, I love this topic because it's relevant to what to where we're at. You're getting two people that are in the first 25% of perhaps their run prior to retirement. Uh, I'm going to guess that both of these guys are going to be retired a lot earlier than me. Um, just because they got a, a good quick start, uh, you know, with retirement, the earlier you start, the uh, earlier you can probably retire. I have used all the um, retirement tools. I was part of a, a corporate setting for a while. I started a, an RRSP. I've used RESPs. I've used uh, tax-free savings accounts, um, insurance products that grow. You know, I've used the whole gamut. And I've done that not because I'm smart, but because I use smart people. Um so, you know, at age 60, I'm looking at a variety of retirement tools that I've started. And at this time, it's kind of a job of collecting these things up and assessing them. You know, I probably look at them yearly. Every couple of years, make small changes to them with my financial planner. But that is, um, 
you know, that's the position I'm in right now. So these guys are in the early 25% of starting their run. I would say I'm in the back 25%. So you're going to get a good picture of sunset and sunrise. How about that <laughs> for a metaphor? Um, I think the well, first thing I would say is define your retirement. Because for me, I grew up um, with a relative high amount of financial uncertainty. My dad had jobs in the industry that had pensions from their, his union. My dad was a contractor. Uh, we owned sometimes and then didn't own sometimes our own home. But retirement looked like CPP and maybe my dad's union pensions. And I got to say, I'm grateful to live in Canada, that that kind of worked out for my dad and my parents. Um, however, I don't think CPP is going to be as fully funded or make the kind of difference that it could have made 30 years ago with inflation. It can't be your only tool. So I think that's why many of our listeners are probably looking at real estate to both fund their present life and their future retirement life. And it is an excellent vehicle for that. This is maybe one of the strongest and most stable, safe investment vehicles you can look at for funding your retirement. Um, my first thought would be, you really want to define what retirement looks like to you. 10 years ago, my retirement was going to look like I was going to hold properties and build up an infrastructure around managing those properties where I would work days or weeks or maybe months a year, but certainly not full time. I have amended that. Um, and these are the things that could affect it. Maybe your priorities would change, but define up the front what retirement looks like for you and be prepared to change that. Because what if there's lots of what ifs. So um, things that affect that could be your health and changing family things that are going on, uh, even changing values and goals. Maybe you thought, I want to work till I'm 80. I see no reason why I couldn't. And when you're 40, that seems likely. And you're 50, that seems very probable. And when you're 60, that might seem less likely and less probable. You go, you know what? I don't have the same kind of energy I had when I was 40. And that is true for me. Um, I don't want to work 16-hour days, six and seven days a week. And for the way I built my portfolio, it requires that. So define what retirement looks like. And you might have to adjust. Uh, um, Ori's talking about pivoting to long-held leases and commercial properties with less hands-on tenant things. That's a wise plan. Um, you may not be available for that. Here's a couple rules that I have for this, though. If you're going to realize real estate returns, I know I'm talking too long. I just let Glenn in here. Oh, but oh. if you're going to realize real estate returns, they have a risk profile that is mitigated because you're intimately involved in it. It's not managed by other people. You're managing it. And you're keeping the risk low because you have day-to-day -day control of that. If you turn the control of your real estate over to others, it increases your risk. You're now one step away from every decision, therefore your risk increases. And someone else is taking a cut of your management, that means your return goes down. So you're increasing risk and you're lowering your return. Now, if you give up control, you also lose responsibility. So that gives you more time, but it's also affecting your risk and your return. So um, if you have responsibilities, you don't have freedom. If you want, want to maintain control and returns, then you're not gonna have freedom. You're going to be admired still in your business at age 75 or at age 80. And I've seen lots of, of mostly men still holding real estate, still working, still being frustrated with tenancy agreements and renovations and repairs and that kind of stuff. And seeing them in rent court, making collections and making evidence presentations in their 70s, uh, right? Because they don't have an agent for them. These are things to think about. So define what your retirement looks like. If you want to be totally hands off 
and an empty brain and reading a book and traveling the world with your partner, then you're going to have to give up control. It's going to reduce your return, but it's going to give you more freedom, right? So you're going to either have to have a big enough project that can afford all of that management, or you're going to have to move it to someplace else and pivot, like Ari says. Um, for this, this is complicated stuff. You're going to have to engage a professional. Don't be cheap. Um, I've talked to different ones. Find the right fit. Find the person who gets what you're after and engage them, and you're going to have to pay for their time. And the best people cost money, right? We're going to talk about um, uh, masterminds and where you can find free advice. But remember, free advice might be just worth what you paid for. It might not be that good, right? But you're going to, for this, don't cheap out. You've spent all this time on a portfolio of well-selected and well-managed real estate. Don't put your retirement in the hands of clowns or in nobody's hands. Just throw it to the wind <laughs> and hope because hope is not a plan. Glenn's laughing, but I know you know guys that have done this, right? Yeah. Um, so the more complex you get it, the more details you have in it, the more control you want of the process, the more money that's going to cost. So if you're budgeting and you're thinking, Maybe initial consultation won't cost you much, but to put together a proper plan for say two to three to $5 million worth of real estate assets, think on spending somewhere between 20 and $30,000, 1%. And that's not bad. That's a good idea because now you're getting first-class people doing first-class work that listen to you and come up with an executable plan. Not a good idea, a plan, right? A couple of last thoughts I'll throw out there before I toss to Glenn. Remember, with statutes relating to taxes, they change year to year and they change with governments. So we're probably looking at a pretty long run where the Liberals will control finances in Canada, like they have through the 90s with a little blip. Yeah, I doubt whether we're going to have a conservative government for a while. Liberal governments tend to collect more taxes and to implement more requirements on people and they close off sort of business related opportunities and tax planning. And they're already doing this in the beginning of this year, they changed a bunch of things. So keep in mind, your plan will have to change. So keep the idea of flexibility in there um, that you're probably gonna have to go back and revisit your plan. If you're making it at 42 and hope it's gonna work at 62, that's naive. But if you don't have a plan, you're gonna miss it at 42, you're gonna miss it at 62. Start with the plan and then imagine you're gonna have to adjust it over time and make small adjustments, right? Maybe your primary partner changes through debt, death, divorce, all the Ds, dementia. Um, maybe these things change. You have to change with them. Glenn, what are your thoughts? Sorry, I went for a while, but sorry. Uh, I no, I, I have a lot of the same thoughts, but with a slightly different twang to them. But, but I think it's yeah. the same sort of thing. But I think a lot of this is to plan this right from the start. That was my big thing. I had plan under underlined a lot. Right. And like, you're never going to hit anything that you don't plan for. Right. You want that Ferrari back, you know, put, say, put that Ferrari in your vision board. What do you need to do that backwards, reverse engineer this and get it exactly to this. Right. Yeah. Um, in order, if you're going to be doing, uh, you know, sticking with real estate and you're not planning to sell this whole thing off, because that could be one way to get out of it. Um, totally. But if you're going to stick with this, you're going to have to build this into a business. This is not going to be able to do where, you you know, maybe the same kind of things I'm doing now, right? Um, you can't do all these things, right? You, you don't want to do all these things. You want, um, you know, you want to have the time freedom to, if anyone asks you to go play golf, you can go play golf, right? Um, so you might be moving yourself to more of a management position.
But anyway, you need to plan a business. This has to be a business to go, right? And um, even for when we're starting to buy these larger multifamilies, what we're looking at is asset managers, right? Um, and so there's there's always the property managers, but now we're hiring a second level of people to manage the property managers, right? Uh, to be looking out for your best interest. Um, and you go, how do you even possibly afford to you know, fit asset managers in there? One thing about doing like the multifamily stuff, typically the property management fees are lower than doing a single family house, right? You're probably paying a lower percentage of the rent. So what you're doing is tacking an extra person in. But what this is going to do is take uh, a position that is naturally a lot heavier and a lot more active to be less active, right? So you're just sort of looking over reports and maybe sending some questions to the asset manager who will then talk to the property manager to solve things, right? Um I went to a real estate meetup maybe, I don't know, three years ago or four years ago. It was a while. It was before COVID and it blew my mind. Um, and I, I want to tell this 10 second story, but the guy I went to was a mastermind in Toronto. I won't do name drops. Some people have to go figure this out, but he is a wholesaler in Ontario and he has a huge team. They're renovating all kinds of projects, doing all this stuff or not renovating. They're uh, uh, putting properties under contract and assigning these deals. And I believe he has the largest uh, wholesale business in Ontario, but he has a team, like a, a massive team of, of people uh, talking to people, people, asset um, managers, asset uh, acquisitions, asset dispositions, the whole team. Like he's built a business. He went away to Africa for, I think it was a month um, or a month and a half in, while he's doing running this business. And he turned out completely. He didn't have a phone. He didn't have any access to his company. And it's kind of like, you know, um, what's that book with uh, Tim Ferriss? No, I was thinking of the Tim Ferriss one where you like, oh, he goes over. Four hour work week? Yeah, a four hour work week. And he goes to like Japan or China or somewhere in, in the book. And he's like, oh, worst case scenario, the whole business falls apart. So he did that same sort of thing to his business. And when he came back, he had empowered his employees so much that they had hired three new people. They'd started wholesaling in Ottawa while he was gone, which Ottawa wasn't one of their markets. And had built it, or it had grown on its own. He had built something good enough that it could do it. And like, what's the key to this? It's empowering the people who work for you. Don't be the person who has to, you know, sign everything, double check, lean over everyone's shoulder. They don't have the ability to authorize anything. It always has to go through you. You need to get yourself in a position where you can step back and let people work. You usually, what I always hear, because I can't actually say vouch for this because I'm not good at this myself, but... They always say, if you can um, step back and let employees do their things, they will impress you. If you give them the ability to impress you, in most cases, they will impress you and they'll go, uh, they'll embrace the extra responsibility. So the other thing about this, um, one thing about this, <laughs> how do I word this? When I worked for my employer, um, compared to what I'm working now, I work a lot harder now. So even to think about replacing myself, it is may not be realistic to think that I can replace myself with one other person because it's probably not a realistic thing. I live, I breathe real estate. I think about it when I go to bed. I dream about it. I wake up, I write stuff on my phone or my notepad beside my bed. It's always running through my head. I'll be out for a walk. I'll be thinking about real estate, right? And you're, when you hire employees, that necessarily, honestly, that isn't their job to think about real estate every second, but think about their job. They need to be able to tune out and go home and live their life and not do real estate for the night, right? Um, 
So one of the things to think about is you're going to need a whole bunch of people to do this, right? So what the typical thing is you want to take yourself from having an active business to a passive business. You need to define the roles of everything you do. Um, think about Darcy. What Darcy does is he has his book. He writes down what he does all day long. He can literally look at the book and he could tell you what he's done for the whole week, right? And if you can look at something, if you could do this, it's almost, I think of it as a time audit because I do a time audit twice a year. If you can look through it and see what you have done, you can then define what all the jobs are that need are needed to replace you. And then you can start to figure out, you know, group them together, what makes sense for people to do, and then start to fill it in and work yourself backwards out of the business, right? Because retiring from real estate, unless you're selling everything, it's really hard to leave an active business, right? Um, and even think about it. Say I had some sort of electrician business, right? And I was the manager of that. It's the same principle. Those people need to get themselves into a passive role where there's people empowered, managers empowered to look over the employees that they could still have their business and still have their business run, but they don't necessarily make any of the decisions and it kind of runs on its own, right? So you have to get yourself to that point. Um, Ari, I don't know if you had any other thoughts that but yeah, I, yeah it thinking. reminds me of uh, so it's the, the the power of leverage and leveraging other people's work and expertise so i was listening to a, an entrepreneur talking about when you buy businesses um you know if the person had a business that completely 100 run uh on autopilot without them why would they be selling instead of just uh you know collecting the cash every month and uh so part of the reason, there is a reason why they are selling. So it's up to you to figure it out. And then once you figured out that problem, then fix that problem so that you can enjoy the business. And, and uh, yeah, and I, I really like what you said about, uh, so we didn't get into really, you know, how to keep busy, what to do during retirement, but more, I really like what you had to say, Glenn, about, uh, you know, how do you uh, e extract yourself out of your business so that uh, the business runs on its own and particularly with real estate, because yeah, real estate is not passive. Uh, so some people have a, a misconception about that, but real estate is truly not passive. There is, when you go up there, like you were talking about, you know, in um, um, uh, larger scale projects like multifamily, there is a project, uh, there is a property management company, and then there is an asset manager, and the asset manager manages the uh, property company indeed. Yeah, you just got to do the same thing with your business, even if you're talking smaller and uh a lot of these things when you're building your business out, especially when it's tiny, is you get lazy and you just don't think about systems. You don't think about doing, you know, the same process over and over again or even building processes. But it actually is the easiest time to do it is when you're small and then you can just keep growing, add properties in, fill it in and keep growing it. Um, I went through the, the exercise of defining all the roles in my company. I did that about a year ago. Um, I never went and wrote the job descriptions. Um, honestly, because, you know, and I, I read it in a book to do that, but I, I only did half of it, but to be completely honest, but it is empowering to, or not empowering, that's the wrong word, but just defining all the jobs that are in your, your business is, it's really important to do. And it doesn't take a lot of work, right? Do yourself a time audit every year or every half year. Like get yourself yeah. I'm actually doing through, going through a time audit right now. So I created a calendar this morning, tracking every half hour. What do I do during this time? And can I, can I get someone else to do it? And uh, am I being efficient with my time? It's, it's a big question to make sure that uh, I, uh, I leverage my time. Love it.
Okay, so just for everybody to understand, we had a, a sound issue with, uh, so Darcy couldn't be with us uh, for the rest of the podcast, but uh, he was here at the beginning until we had the issue. And uh, thank you everybody for tuning in and we will see you all in, next week. Thanks everyone.